whoa, was that Andrew that just came in there? Where is he coming from? Because I think in the first few episodes, every time Andrew spoke up, we were really good about saying that's a producer Andrew with a question or, you know, giving mm-hmm. us some insight. But on that one, we just forgot, I guess. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Protagonist. I'm Joseph Dorowski, here with Todd Mack, and each week we usually look at a great character and a great story, but this week we are going to be doing some listener feedback, answering some of the questions that we received and addressing some of the feedback that we've gotten on the previous episodes that we've done. So, if we jump in... Yeah. Sorry, I just got dropped. <laughs> I don't know how much. <laughs> that was that, that awkward pause there. The, the perfect start. Yeah. To okay. listener feedback. Yes. <laughs> all right, we have really come straight out of the gates on this one <laughs> yes. with all cylinders firing. All right. Um, we've gotten some general feedback and also some specific feedback to individual episodes. I wanted to start with some of the general feedback. Um, the first question that I wanted to look at was um, from a listener named Kate who said, how are you recording this? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so technical questions Yes. to start off, Todd and I, uh, we live in different cities and we use Skype to do a phone call with one another. And we use a couple different programs to record the audio. And then our producer, Andrew gets those audio files and puts them together. Yeah. So I, so I record my audio, my microphone only records what goes into my microphone. And uh, Joseph's microphone records the same thing. So I send a file that has only my voice on it. And Joseph sends a file that has only his voice on it. And Andrew has a file that has only his voice on it. And then through the magic of Disney, uh, Disney magic, <laughs> it all comes together. And, they are not a sponsor. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> no, if it's, they pass uh, anyway. that, we'll say it, but... Through the magic of technology, uh, they all come to get uh, spliced together, and that's how it sounds. And if you listen to our early episodes, that is not how we did it, and they sound pretty bad. But I think we've been getting better not, over not time. Not that bad. <laughs> we were using a different method. Not bad. Bad. Not bad. It, let me rephrase that. Not bad because of uh, anything that any of us was doing, except that we just were new to this. So. Yeah, the earliest episodes were done uh, pretty much exclusively through Skype. Um, even one where the the second episode, when we were all in the same place and uh, some of us in the same room, we still had to use Skype to get a recording going because <laughs> we couldn't split all the microphones into one computer. It was it was a mess, and, and I was underneath the table on a floor. <laughs> that was and, uh, episode two, the Kitty Pride episode. That's the only one we recorded with all of us in the same place. But and we actually, had to be in separate rooms. Sure. Yeah, we had to be in separate rooms. Uh, Andrew and I live in the same city, and they've been right now. We're actually in the same room, and so there. Sometimes we, Andrew and I, are using the same microphone, uh, but most often uh, we we actually have. Uh, three different recordings going, Andrew getting a master recording and me getting a recording of what's going into my microphone and uh, Todd getting a uh, recording of what's going into his. Yep. And we've learned to have backups of those going as well. Yes. So there you go, listener Kate. What else you got? All right. What else do I have? Um, uh, this, I can't remember who, this was just someone I was actually talking to who had listened to one of our episodes and they just said, what, what are your backgrounds? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I think that's a question that should be 
talked about, even if, if no one has asked it. <laughs> right. So why are we talking about these things? And, and referencing various, say, uh, literary theorists, <laughs> theorists yeah. and uh, whatnot. Um, well, I guess first, uh, why are we talking about this? Both Todd and I love popular culture. Um, yeah. We love great stories in whatever medium they're coming from. And hopefully that comes through as we dissect these things that uh, we're not doing it to be critical of them, but because we love them. Yeah. So I would just say uh, Joseph and I have been friends uh, for years and years and years since seventh grade. Uh, And uh, since seventh grade, we've enjoyed, I think, kind of nerding out on great stories and uh, sharing cool things that we found with each other and... um, and then we got into college. We went to the same undergrad. We both went to Brigham Young University. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, even then, you were, you were, I think, more into, as a scholar, more into popular culture than I was. I studied Spanish uh, as in my undergrad um, I, with a history minor. Uh, you did, did you do American studies or English? I did. English was my major and media arts, which is the film studies program there, was my minor. Right. And then, uh, and then we went off to grad school. I went to Stanford. I did a, well, I did a master's, uh, at BYU in Spanish literature, peninsular literature, so literature from Spain. I did a master's um, in English at BYU. Right. And, and then I wrote my thesis on comic books. Yeah. And I wrote my thesis on stuff that probably almost nobody listening to this podcast will care about. <laughs> No, I wrote about um, I wrote about some films and novels uh, from contemporary Spain. Uh, I've always been really interested in kind of the the intersection of art and everyday life, and how art affects uh, us and um, and kind of the, the the way that we live our lives. And that's why popular culture has always been so interesting to me uh, because it's just such a it's such a big part of who we are and the conversations that we have with each other and the way that we think about the world. And so it's always been, I've always been really, um, sort of, I've always just enjoyed popular culture, but I've also been kind of tangentially interested in it. Although my, um, my studies aren't particularly in, uh, American popular culture like yours are. Yeah. Um, I went off to Michigan state for, uh, my, final step of grad school and my PhD program was American studies. And there I, um, you have to do what are called comp exams when you're getting a PhD, which is just a deep dive into different areas. And my three comp exams were on popular culture theory, American literature and Latino and Latino literature and theory. Yeah. And I did my PhD at Stanford. Um, and my degree is in, uh, Latin American and Iberian cultures and my, I guess my specialty would be modern Iberian narrative. So novels from Spain, spanning really like mid 19th century till today, but focusing more exclusively on more modern stuff. Um, and so, so Tom, what's, so, your, what's your dissertation on? What was the title of your dissertation? My dissertation was called, um, it's called Open Wounds. And it is, uh, the subtitle is, uh, what is it, Memory, Space, uh, Literature, Memory, and Space in Rural 
for rural Iberian communities or something like that. Um, I haven't, so you understand why yeah. you're doing a podcast on the things you're talking about now. Well, so here's the thing. Uh, I, far more, I, I think that I don't have like the greatest title in the world for a dissertation, but the dissertation itself was actually pretty interesting, I, I think. Um, I wrote about – so in, in Spain there was a big civil war from 1936 to 1939 – and then a dictatorship that lasted from 1939 to 1975. And then, <clears throat> then they had this uh, transition uh, out of dictatorship into democracy that this is, you know, people, depending on who you talk to, it lasted anywhere from a couple of years to uh, it's still going on. Um, and But part of that transition phase is lots of writers started writing about this past because there were pretty strong laws against what you could and couldn't write in Spain during the dictatorship. And so uh, when people when the dictatorship ended, people started writing about what had happened during the Civil War and the dictatorship after. And I became really interested in these novels, contemporary novels about the Civil War uh, written in rural communities. And I wanted to know what people um, – people from these rural communities thought about novels that had been written about their hometowns. So I went to Spain and got in a car and I drove to these little villages and interviewed people who had read these novels about their own towns that had then become pretty popular, like best-selling novels and turned into films and stuff. And um, so it was about how uh, the way, where we're from affects how we read things and how we remember things and how what we read affects the way that we remember the past and, I got to meet really lots of really really cool people, and it was it was great. But uh, I started listening to podcasts when I was a graduate student, um, mostly nerdy like tech podcasts because I really like technology. Um, and I always kind of had this secret desire in my heart to do a podcast. And so I finally the towards the end of last year, I thought. I should do a podcast. I've always wanted to do something with uh, with you, Joseph. And um, I think there was a time in high was it in high school or just after high school when we were going to write a novel together. This is a fuzz, do you remember fuzzy that? memory. Fuzzy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I don't but it was anyway, about. I, I kind of remember having a discussion. Yeah, we had this discussion about like, well, we should write a novel together, and then um, and then that didn't happen. And anyway, I just thought, man, who if there was There's if I could pick anybody, did, Todd. there's a dimension where it did. What's There's that? A There's a dimension where it happened. Yes, absolutely. And we are we are rolling in the dough because of the novel that we wrote together. No, but uh, but I thought, man, if all the people that I know, uh, who would I really like to do something creative with? Maybe do a podcast. And then I thought of you, so I sent you an email and I said, okay, here it is. I want to do a podcast. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's going to think I'm the biggest dork in the world. And then you said yes, and I was so well, happy. I've been uh, on the edge of doing a podcast myself several times, but it never happened. Uh, so I just needed to kick in the pants. Yep. <laughs> to fall off that edge, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so here we are doing podcasts. Yeah. That was not the precise route I was expecting <laughs> from That's all right. seventh grade to podcast. <laughs> uh, just real quick, my, my dissertation, I, I actually have trouble remembering the actual name I had when I was in grad school because a marketer got a hold, of, a hold of it when it was published as a book and made, gave it a much better title. I think my grad school title was reading the X-Men race and gender in a popular story or in a popular narrative, something like that. Uh, and yeah. it's been published as a book called X-Men and the Mutant Metaphor, Race and Gender in the Comic Books. So 
Nice. Uh, and I am a member of the editorial review board of the Journal of Popular Culture, so I do uh, keep academically involved with popular culture studies. And I edit a series of essay collections about superheroes. So if any of you have a hankering to read uh, a whole bunch of essays <laughs> on Superman or Wonder Woman. Or, or write. Or, yeah, or write. I, I do accept submissions on these. So uh, one of the very first comments that we received when we started um, doing this was from listener Spencer. He says, I love it. I'm glad to see that you don't only pick subjects that you are both totally expert in. I think what he means is, I'm glad that you talk about things that only Joseph is expert in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, uh, I had never read The Hobbit when we did The Hobbit episode. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely, I definitely feel like... Um, I come to a lot of these things as sort of fresh, like a, just a new reader, and um, I'm just exploring these things along with, hopefully, some of our listeners. So, And uh, hopefully we'll get some suggestions from listeners, and we can maybe tackle something that neither of us is really very familiar with uh, as we move in on it. I think that could lead to some interesting discussions. I've spoken with people who, who want to make submissions, and I'm trying to convince them to email <laughs> Feedback at Protagonist Podcast. <laughs> yes, this is where you can make those suggestions. Feedback at ProtagonistPodcast.com. Right. I said, if, if what you else get we in got? there, do the first one. Good chance you're going to get a shout-out. <laughs> yes. That's right. Uh, our, uh, a couple other comments from, from Kate. Um, she really likes that we do the awards history of the things that we talk about. So we'll try and keep finding those uh, little bits of trivia. I'm so glad because I was sort of, um, I was sort of dubious about that. Like, does anybody really, really care? Uh, but I'm glad that that stuck in. Uh, she also asked about the length. She said over an hour. <laughs> she wasn't sure she wanted to commit to that. This was uh, the Rapunzel episode. And uh, that one, the conversation went way longer than any of us were anticipating. <laughs> but let's be honest, that was a heck of a conversation about Tangled. <laughs> I thought that was going to be less than an hour for sure. And that's going to be our goal, is to keep these to an hour. Uh, if we need to trim out some sections uh, in future discussions, we may do that to keep it under the hour mark. And at some point you'll get a potpourri episode where you get little five-minute snippets of some of the conversations we have on random episodes that we had to trim for time. Nice. Let's see... The Tangled episode was the one that I've heard the most feedback from. I think, Yeah, it was our longest, but I, I think it, it touched a chord. I think it's probably the one that most people are familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, in the podcast itself, uh, you know, more people are are versed in that and, and can attach to it. Yeah. Um, what what I else you got from this, this other comment. Todd has a very soothing voice. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, you're relaxing, I guess. Who says that? Uh, Kate. It's my best. I do my try to do my best Bob Ross impression. <laughs> we're, we're trying to with with our words paint some happy trees. I just painting. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just gonna. I was just gonna say painting happy trees. But with our words, I I can say yeah, um, both of you a uh, little less soothing, but a little more entertaining. I think at uh, one point three speed without any <laughs> adjustment for the pitch, because yeah. that's what I sometimes edit you at is this this higher rate. Um, and it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> Speed it up. I say, uh, I know that there are some podcasters that are like, no, this is a piece of art and it should only ever be listened to at 1.0 speed because that's how it was intended. I say you crank us up as fast as you can to get through this stuff. And uh, I, am a, I, I love to consume podcasts and I listen to them. I mean, my iPod, iPod says it's the two X, but I, it can't be, it's gotta be like the, one the, or the iPod one. It 
will increase the speed, but it, it then like modulates the pitch back down to okay. so they sound about the same pitch yeah. that they do. But my editing program does not modulate the pitch down, and so when I play it at higher speeds, you do sound like chipmunks. <laughs> I listen to so. almost every podcast I listen to is on the two X. Except for one that has British people that I need to listen really? to. Really? 2X? 2X is fast. I don't... I listen to I'll, almost everything at 1.5. I use I this... Really, um, even though it says 2X, it has to be 1.5. It's an older iPod. I use this over, Overcast app to listen to podcasts on my iPhone. And it has what's called Smart Speed, which only reduces the um, the pauses. So it, can go, mm. it goes through your audio stream, and it just clips out the pauses... And it's and then there's a it, it keeps track of how much time it saved you. It says Smart Speed has saved me an extra twelve hours beyond speed adjustments alone. Yeah. I think our, our producer impressive. Andrew would want that in the editing software. I know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one other question from Kate is: Is Andrew there the whole time? He just kind of pops in and out. And yeah, our producer Andrew, if he's like our conversation has left a hole that he thinks needs to be filled, he'll he'll pop in and throw a question our way. Or sometimes he, he just has some insight or trivia knowledge that we're lacking, and he helps us out. I just imagine him, like, kicking back with, a, like, a burger and some fries and stuff, and just, like... <laughs> he just flies in every now and then. Like, whoa, whoa, guys. I, yeah. Actually, most of the time, my mic is on, and when I, uh, when I cross the streams um, <laughs> for the editing, um, my audio is actually all there. I'm just well-versed at being very quiet. Andrew nice. uh, worked in radio before he became our podcast producer, and so he has more experience in audio media than Todd or I do. I also feel like uh, Joseph has not been able to employ his soundproof uh, <laughs> implementations uh, at this point for the podcast podcast's sake, and I have been doing it for weeks. Yeah, he's. I, I, I've started <laughs> to try and build a soundproof uh safe around my microphone when I'm recording. I get under some couch cushions and build a little fort. <laughs> do you really do that? I, I, I was all set uh, last week when we were about to record, and then you had to cancel on us. Oh I, I, I built oh, the best fort I'm yet. so sorry. But yeah, I've, I've been putting blankets on my doors <laughs> and uh, pillows along the baseboards. I guess uh, one theme that's that's coming up in this uh, discussion so far is that we're, we're finding out how to do this as we go along, and hopefully we're going to keep getting better. Uh, in terms of the the technical side and also in the flow of our discussion. So if you feel like we're rambly at some points, just stick with us. We're we're still getting our podcasting sea legs under us. And if you feel like our technical stuff is crummy, uh, become a patron. And then we can buy better microphones. (laughs) We'd be happy to upgrade our microphones and recording equipment. Yes. What else we got? Uh, a couple of people mentioned that sometimes we drop in ideas or make references to characters and stories uh, that we don't really ground. So, Todd, I think we need to be a little better at providing context for, be it a theorist that we're mentioning or uh, referencing a character in an episode of a TV show where we're so focused on the main character, we mention some side characters but don't really explain who they are. So let it be written, so let it be done. So if you are going to mention a theorist, or you suspect you will, maybe write down their first and last name and what their general theories were about, and then you can give that 12-second introduction instead of just saying Levinas or Benjamin or Bulby. <laughs> okay. I still remember a, uh, a fellow grad student. This was not me, but I think we've all been in a similar situation where he said he gave an entire presentation saying Benjamin <laughs> and then was told after he'd sat down by another grad student, it's Benjamin. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Alrighty. Uh, and I guess uh, one more general thing is 
Um, I was given feedback that sometimes our, our transitions from one idea to the next are a little, little choppy and rough. And so I'm going to make a concerted <laughs> effort to think a little bit more, more through, um, both for the sake of our conversation and also for the sake of editing with Andrew, uh, when we were going to be making those switches, how we can provide those transitions for the listeners. Some podcasts make very blatant segues. They say, speaking of, here's this. And then they comment, wasn't that a sweet segue, guys? Like, <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> I, I feel like we don't need to do that. I feel like that would interrupt the flow. I think we're we're getting the hang of yeah. it. We'll be all right. You're welcome. It's our, this our, our resolution is to continually get better and better and better. And yeah. I think that we're, we're on the right track. We have an upward trajectory. Joseph, uh, on the same note with the mispronunciation, I was listening to a podcast on Grandland the other day, and they had a, a guest who's a producer for, for reality TV. And I think with no irony, uh, he said, Segu. <laughs> We, we have all been there when you it's, it's that moment of panic when you're about to say a word that you've only read and you've never actually heard said out loud oh my gosh that's he said it with I absolute can, confidence i can think of a few of those words right now that uh, even today like if you said how do you pronounce this word um i'm not going to tell you what words they are because <laughs> i really don't know how to pronounce them i remember uh the shame i felt when in i in my uh, must have been junior high or maybe high school i found out that the spoken word epitome and the written word epitome <laughs> are one of the same <laughs> in my head whenever i read epitome i just did it as epitome and then i realized like there was this, something snapped I'm like oh that's, that's the same word fantastic okay <laughs> true confessions true confessions all right should we go through you want to go through yeah. maybe episode any, by episode any and- from uh west wing that you wanted to touch on just that one from Spencer, who uh, listener Spencer, who says that um, he's happy that we don't only pick subjects that we're both totally expert in. Uh, uh, he says, "I like that you have to read and study up on the topic at hand for the presentation. I love the format, and your presentation is fun to listen to. I feel more motivated to see more when I watch and read. Thanks for the education and pleasure." And that's like really. Um, my wife was asking me when I started this. She said, "What is your goal?" And uh, I said, "Well." My goal is to talk about this stuff, and <laughs> I don't know. And uh, when I got this comment, I thought, that's my goal, really, is to help people be motivated to seek out great stuff, great stories with great characters, and to get more out of it when they do. And if, if listening to this podcast helps people to sort of open their eyes a little bit more and see what's going on, then I think that's totally awesome. Yeah, um, one bit of feedback I got was someone said they had listened uh, to about half of this, and then they just said to themselves, I've never watched the last thing. I'm never going to. I don't know if I'm going to listen to the rest of this. But then they listen to our next episode, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I, I mean, each one of these episodes, where with this uh, pattern that we're, we're setting up, uh, there's going to be episodes where you're going to have little to no interest in whatever the topic is we're talking that week, just because we're trying to cast a very wide net as we, as we have these discussions. Hopefully, it can still be inter- interesting and informative, even if you're not going to engage with the media that we're talking about. Uh, but if not, feel free to just pick up with the next episode uh, and, yeah. and carry on. I try to uh, consume the media on behalf of the listener, and I don't always do it. Um, I think I did not speak during the uh, Hobbit episode because <laughs> I, I didn't bother. <laughs> I, I've read it before, but I was like, oh, I don't care enough. <laughs> And so I didn't really engage with that one, but I've oh, tried that largely. Breaks my, breaks my heart, man. I know you were you were really uh, passionate about having the Hobbit on your bookshelf, which I do 
but <laughs> good. Um, well, as long as it's on your bookshelf, then the, when the world ends and all, Netflix is gone, you'll be glad that The Hobbit is on your bookshelf. I, I don't know if it's going to be among the first hundred books I grab from the shelves <laughs> and put in a bag. All right. Uh, anything else from this? Uh, no. Okay. So, episode two, Kitty Pride. Um, Kirste, who I believe will have as a guest host at some point, or guest contributor on our podcast, um, she's provided a lot of really good feedback. She said, you mentioned offhand near the beginning of this podcast that the X-Men are different from superheroes like Batman or Spider-Man and that there's no defining moment or incident, parents, murder, radioactive spider, etc. that sets them on the path to being a superhero. Instead, it's something they're born with. I think one of the reasons I've been particularly interested in the X-Men is that I love secret identities and the X-Men effectively... Uh, or I've never been particularly interested in the X-Men is that I love secret identities and the X-Men effectively don't have them. At least not in the media I've encountered. And I will just say, it is... It is completely dependent on which issue you're reading, whether the X-Men or any of them have a secret identity, and if it matters at all. <laughs> They're kind of in this gray area uh, as to um, how it is. I, they really don't have civilian identities that they're preserving in any way, other than uh, at times they try and preserve the idea that there's just this school for talented students, and it's not the secret base of the X-Men. But but sometimes they go into town and the town says like you're from the school you're trouble <laughs> yes and you probably have claws that come out of your hand because you look a lot like the guy who has claws coming out of his hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, she goes on and she asks, would you say that these two factors are related? Part, uh, i.e., part of the impetus, uh, impetus, 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 impetus. There we go. <laughs> having one of those words. <laughs> Uh, impetus to create a secret identity is to maintain something of the normal life you were living before the incident. So if there was no incident, the secret identity is never formed. Of course, I'm not sure where Superman fits into all this since he definitely has a secret identity, but his incident happened when he was a baby. Um, and we talked a little about Superman in, uh, or, or we will talk a little about Superman depending on when these post. <laughs> We've recorded an episode about Oscar Superman. Podcasts drop, remember? Oh, when this drops. Uh, th- and we talked a little bit about the Clark Kent Superman dynamic. I will say it's different for the X-Men in that I feel part of their core identity, you know, which is what they'd be protecting, is the idea that they are mutants, which is what makes them superheroes. So for them, it's not so much... They're not fighting to protect this secret. They want that secret to become accepted by society at large. That, like they, The idea that they're a mutant shouldn't have to be hidden is part of the conceits uh, that, that drives that series. And I, I've always, um, I really, I appreciate the comment, and I love secret identities also. Um, but in this, with the case of the X Men, I just find the X. I think the most compelling X Men for me are the ones who aren't really ever able to like turn it off, like uh, Scott Summers, Cyclops, who um, he just like he, his curses that he will never be able to look anybody in the eyes ever. Um, and Beast, who is a giant blue furry monster, and Rogue, who will never, ever, ever be able to touch a human being with, you know, like, her skin. Um, and there's something just, like, really uh, kind of beautiful and compelling in, for me in watching them work through those things. And so I don't know that one is better than the other. Like, oh, I think superheroes with a super identity, with a secret identity, are way better than those who don't. Um, but that I really appreciate the fact that the X-Men don't have super identities and that they really are, like, they, they are who they are and there's there's no hiding it. Yeah, I found, I mean, I'm kind of a 
a catch-all when it comes to superhero interest. <laughs> I, I have a very low bar as to, <laughs> to what I'll become interested or fascinated by when it comes to the superhero genre. Whereas, Todd, I know you, you have not engaged in, in comic books or superheroes as much as I have, and, and not, the X-Men is one that really does resonate with you. And That's like the understatement of the century. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess for me, what resonates, uh, what I found is whichever one I am studying ac- academically becomes fascinating. <laughs> yeah. um, I had, as a fan, I'd never really been interested in Wonder Woman, but when I edited um, the Ages of Wonder Woman uh, essay collection, I th- the character just became so interesting, and there was so much that was worth digging into and and thinking about um, culturally and uh, with the evolution of the character because she's one that goes back to World War II as well. Um, and, and to kind of see those changes happen, it became really interesting. And I've seen that with almost all the essay collections, even if they're ones that I didn't really engage with as fans, the topics for these essay collections. I became fa- I become fascinated with them, and, and they become the most interesting ones to me while I'm working on those. Nice. All right. Anything else for the Kitty Pride episode? Uh, just that my, mo- my mom <laughs> said this uh, comment. Uh, we had... <laughs> We made at some point we 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 commented that you were the Emma Frost of our team, <laughs> and so my mother looked up Emma Frost online and she was uh, quite shocked. <laughs> um, she said that that image will never be erased from her mind. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty awesome. Well, <laughs> I would call her listener Jane, but she really is my mom. And, well, we're uh, about to in the in the next one. We're going to talk about my dad, and I would call her her call him listener joseph dorowski but that just become confusing and awkward for everyone <laughs> <laughs> todd when was it I, there was a comment you recapped for us uh you know in between recordings and it was that somebody had listened to something and it was you know a little light on on female characters like there's two episodes out and one of them's about <laughs> a woman so <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember what that was but we really are um uh, making an effort to not only talk about white men. Um, Some of the men are purple with wrinkly chins. That's true. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess we, anyway. we said we're making an effort. Like we're trying to make those choices. But the good thing is, there's such. I mean, by having such a wide net that we're casting and, with, and that we talk about comic books and movies and television and, and novels, there's no shortage of you know, fascinating female characters or characters of color that we can, that we can address. And it's not like we're stretching and, and having to, to really pick oh, something obscure because there are wonderful characters. Uh, no, I don't, I, I don't think that it's, it's that we're like having to stretch to pick, um, things that are obscure. But one thing that I have noticed in just planning and preparing for this is that, um, that there's a lot of inertia, like there, there, if you sit down and, and just say, like if I just um, am not thinking uh, deeply about things, and you say make me a list of ten great characters and great stories, um, I my I, I find myself not thinking uh, down certain lines that I think that I should. Yeah, I- and it's something that I become aware of just in doing the. And doing the podcast, it's not like, oh, there are no great uh, yeah. female characters and great stories, and I have to go like do a whole bunch of research. It's mostly just like a switch in my brain that I have to say, you know what? Let's think about some other things um, that maybe aren't the things that I grew up watching when I was a kid, and uh, and and there there's just loads of great characters from all over the place, and so 
but I have noticed in my own in my own head that there is this kind of inertia. Um, and that lots of the stories that I grew up on were stories about white men, and I, I, I have to own that. Yeah, uh, we were, um, I mean, Todd and I, we met in seventh grade, we are the same age. We, we consumed an awful lot of 80s pop culture, and we started to think about this, and like, oh, of course we have to talk about Indiana Jones, and, you know, Han Solo, and, uh, <laughs> you know, Bill Murray and Ghostbusters, and, you know, a lot of, you know, the, the iconic 80s movies have an awful lot of white male protagonists. <laughs> right. Which so, uh, I'm not saying we're not going to talk about those. They, they're I, I well, really want us to have we'll, an annual Russo discussion. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we're, we're we're not excluding those. We're just also trying to to um, inter- like Tasa just ensure that our only discussion points are not white men. I mean, it's, it's kind of like I studied English literature, and there's a debate within the academy about um, the kind of received canon of what we've declared to be great great works tend to be written by a lot of old dead white guys. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's because for a long time, the people who were establishing the canon were white guys who were reading other white guys. Yeah. And I think, uh, anyway, I just am learning to own who I am um, and not necessarily let that define me, but um, but recognizing kind of patterns in my own thought and um, you know trying to be humble about the way that I approach the stuff that I do. So. All right. Uh, the Casablanca episode, we had another great bit of feedback from Kirstie. Uh, do you want to read this one so I don't have to try and pronounce French words? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know that we have to read this whole entire thing. Um, give, although give it, is great, <laughs> it is greatly appreciated. So the question was, what is the plural of film noir? We went on um, about that for a little bit at the start of that episode. <laughs> Right, and I had mentioned that I had studied French and that I uh, thought that the correct pronunciation was film noir, F-I-L-M-S-N-O-I-R-S. And, uh, and it turns out that I was right. So, But in French, <laughs> neither S is pronounced. In French, neither S so is pronounced. It, so you could say films noir, uh, you could say films noirs, or you could say film noir. Uh, but and you, I, you should say <laughs> film noir. You should say film noir or films noir, I think, are the two okay. uh, appropriate ways to say that thing. I've always preferred thinking it as the American word film with the French word um, as the adjective. Afterwards. She says, uh, her, her takeaway is, I would recommend against pronouncing both S's because there is neither a good stylistic argument nor a good grammatical argument to be made for that approach. Um, she said there's a kind of a grammatical and stylistic argument for one S in either of the other positions. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there we go. All right. Uh, my dad, uh, I'm not going to try and disguise this, my dad, uh, he mentioned that we should probably do a better job of explaining some of the theoretical terms in that one when we listen to this episode. Um, he also said the quote, when we were talking about some of the great quotes from Casablanca, he loves the quote, route up the usual suspects, because that immediately establishes the setting. Like, when you're in a city where you say, <laughs> go around up the usual suspects, it says something about that city. Uh, yes. And, and the people who live there. And then uh, he also pointed out uh, that we made a mistake on a bogey film reference. Uh, we, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess up which way it goes. Andrew, you have the note written down. Which, so, is it The Kiss? No. Uh, so you had referenced uh, another film that bogey was in. Oh yeah, it's not the African Queen. It's called the uh, Queen of the Nile. Or I think it's the like other that. way around. The, it's not called Queen of the Nile. It's called the African. Yeah, exactly. Queen. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, I knew as, that. I caught as it. As soon as but, he uh, listened to you. it, he 
he called us out on it. <laughs> yeah. And he said his favorite yes. part is that I agreed with you. <laughs> like, you, you were trying to yeah. find it. You're like, ah, it's the... Whichever was the wrong one. Now I'm all confused. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happened that happened in, like, three consecutive episodes of this there. podcast where I just said some random thing, <laughs> <laughs> thinking that I was right and I was totally wrong. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Um, that's all I had. Anything else you have? Uh, not from Casablanca. Okay, so our fourth episode, we talked about Bil- Bilbo Baggins and The Hobbit. Yeah, so with Bilbo Baggins, um, listener Nan, uh, she um, is my aunt. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking on the phone. She said uh, that she was interested in this question about what is Bilbo looking for in that dream that I had asked you. He said he was looking around in his house and he can't... Um, he can't find something, and he can't even remember what it is that he's looking for. Um, and we had joked about, like, maybe he was looking for his pipe or something. Uh, and she said that she thinks that um, that he's looking for his old self. And that he knows that it's just, like, it's not there anymore. And uh, she's um, very, very smart and has uh, is a huge fan of The Hobbit, and anyway, we had a really great conversation about that, so thank you, Anne Nan. I like that interpretation better than his pipe. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and my mother also <laughs> uh, reminded me that um, when we talked about The Hobbit, I said that I had read it as a kid, and then it had been gifted to me by uh, Santa Claus, and then, uh, and then I had forgotten, but we took a long road trip um, to Kansas when I was uh, newly married. So this would have been um, 11 years ago, 10 years ago. To, to Kansas? Kansas was the destination? Kansas was the destination from Utah. So you're looking at uh, 20 plus hours in the car. And I read out loud the, ho- the whole entire Hobbit novel to my family in the car, doing all of the voices of all the characters. It was pretty... It was epic, um, and my voice was shot by the end of the uh, doing the uh, the Goblin King uh, <laughs> voice for just hours. Anyway, it was pretty. My family was like, "I can't believe you didn't mention that you had read that whole entire book to us." So anyway, I, I, I wish did. a I family member had been on a road trip. Uh, recording that. That would have been a, a <laughs> sweet uh, Patreon uh, bonus. Like, yeah, bonus <laughs> yes. to to people yeah. who. <laughs> Pay us money. I was going to say, I'd want to hear your singing uh, rendition of the Wolves song, since listen, you want to hear mine at the end of The Hobbit. Your rendition of the Wolf song was so awesome. <laughs> it was uh, fantastic. I loved it. All right. Uh, Chuckles. Uh, episode 5 was Mary Tyler Moore show, and we talked about Mary uh, in the episode Chuckles Bites the Dust. Um, that's the one where I got the feedback that maybe we, we were referencing some of the characters in the newsroom without establishing who they were. Uh, and so we'll try to be more careful about that in the future. Yeah, that's all I got at Chuckles, except that a lot of people really liked it, and um, I, I don't have anything specific except that it made a lot of people laugh, and that's awesome. And um, I I can't remember who it was. In one of the conversations we've had about this, I think you were saying that someone said, oh, you know, that one is, is like my, that was one of my shows. And that's one reason I think... That was my mom, again. Okay, my mom makes lots of comments about yeah. this thing, but um, but hey, she's my mom, so she gets as many comments as she wants. But I told her that we were doing Mary Tyler Moore... And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's my show from when I was, like, like that's my time. And 
I'd never even, I, like I said when we recorded it, I'd never even heard of it. So, Well, I think that's what I was going to say. Is, really uh, not only are we trying to cast a wide net in, in terms of what characters we're talking about, but I, I, we, we also want to spread out what, what time periods we, we talk about. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've, we've hit as far back as the 30s with The Hobbit, right? Yep. 30s, yep. you know, we've, uh, we've had the 70s, we've had the, the 40s with yeah. Casablanca. So, so we're trying to we do need to do some, like, uh, we need to do some like Buster Keaton and Charlie oh, Chaplin. Oh, oh, yeah, there's several Buster Keaton Don't films I would talk about. Yeah, we could do Sherlock Jr. We could do The General. Uh, yeah, High Sign is a. Hilarious. We could do like a City Lights or uh, Modern Times. The, great, the Dictator. Oh uh, yeah, oh. yeah, good stuff. Okay, we will do a silent film discussion at some point. <laughs> That'll be interesting, and we'll be quiet the whole yes. time. It'll be the best <laughs> podcast ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. After we did Mary Tyler Moore show, we talked about the Infinity Gauntlet and Thanos. So listener Jared wrote in and um, he says, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm happy to admit I enjoy it immensely. I ran across this article today and given your podcast fetish for all things comics, saw this comment and chuckled. And it was a it was an article from the Chronicle of Higher Education. And it was about... Um, it was one of those like, uh, here's how to write your I don't know letters of something, or it was some kind of practical advice for scholars doing things. And the example of the name of the professor was Professor Von Doom, <laughs> and uh, that was pretty awesome. Yes. So, so we didn't talk about the thanks, listener Jared, but he would be an antagonist. We could certainly talk about, and he, he was in there. Uh, but he was yeah, in he was. he was in the Thanos yeah, episode, was. and it was uh, in response to the Thanos episode that we got that comment. So thanks, Jared. Uh, I had a correction that I I caught while I was um, uh, listening, editing. I can't remember which time. I made a bad reference. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I called. I'm calling Joseph out yeah, on his reference. Shame coming. Uh, Makari, who was on the big uh, page list of I know, people that I were know missing. The Can I tell you the mistake? Yes. I called him a celestial, and he is not. He is an eternal. How dare you? <laughs> this is feeling... over. I'm never recording with you again. And you call yourself an expert in comics. Unbelievable. I, admittedly, I let that slide at least once having heard it. I may have let it slide twice No, I've, I've, <laughs> before uh, I actually caught it. I'll be honest, I've thought of this more than once, where I was like, tight. I think I called him a, a celestial. That's what I did with the African queen. <laughs> did I say that? Uh, yeah, this is something that will probably come up more and more. So when you catch those mistakes that we make, because these are pre-flown conversations. These are not, you know, footnoted, prepared discussions. <laughs> certainly, uh, not pre- certainly not prepared. <laughs> yeah, so uh, feel free to point out when we make those kinds of mistakes. And I, I know that probably took away the enjoyment of a large number of our listeners <laughs> when I called Mar Curry. A, it, was, it was a play on the mer- Mercury. Uh, I'm going to call him a celestial. I, I, I can only imagine how many people threw well, up their hands in disgust as they were listening. And it's it's tricky because celestials were in the story, and so you were referencing them. And, <clears throat> oh, I'm heading into dangerous territories when I say this, but I, I believe celestials were partially responsible for making the Eternals that in is, the early days of humanity's history. That is definitely in the Earth X universe X paradise X um, explanation of Earth's creation. Okay, Todd, is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, just that I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now, but I'm sure that it's really important. Okay, <laughs> carrying on. Uh, episode seven was our Valentine's Day draft, the first draft episode. Uh, oh, and I guess this is a point where we're we're going to be settling into a routine. 
uh, where we're going to do four episodes where we're talking about the a great character's great story, and the fifth episode is going to be a flex episode where we can throw in a listener response episode like the one you're listening to right now, or a draft episode like the Valentine's Day one. Then we have some other ideas for things we'll do. The system's not quite perfected. Yeah, but, but basically every <laughs> fifth episode you might get something that's a little different than uh, the general podcast that you download from us. Yeah, we got really good feedback on the Valentine's Day episode. Yeah, more more feedback on on that one than any other episode that we've done. Yeah. Where, where are you going to start with that? Uh, are you going to do comments on your couples or uh, submissions of other couples? Or I guess uh, the the only comment specific to our our lists, other than some people saying those were great ones, and they had a few other recommendations, but we'll get to those in a moment. <laughs> uh, was our our listener Virginia uh, was a little concerned about Todd's choice of the Odyssey? <laughs> uh, I know. I get, I get it. I get it. That I get it. Uh, he was with three win on his way home and then he left his wife after he got back <laughs> yeah i was thinking more about her okay all right that's all i just want to say um that. but i do have a i do have just a thing to say and this goes back to our discussion of race before um when the valentine's day episode ended i thought back on all of the couples that i had chosen and they were all essentially like sort of white like mainstream uh couples and i mean I stand by my list in that those are all great couples and great love stories, but it's just this idea of like, um, I think that, uh, we don't realize how much the inertia, um, of kind of who we are and where we, where we come from informs the way that we think about culture. And, uh, and it was just sort of an eye opening experience for me to kind of step back and listen to that episode again, which I, I had just so much fun talking about those things. Um, but to kind of step back and look at it and go, man, um, that is not like the most diverse cast of <laughs> of <laughs> characters and love stories. And so, um, anyway, I just it was it was kind of a, a like an aha moment for myself to go, okay, um, I need to uh, just think a yeah. bit in bro- broader terms. And that doesn't take away anything from the ones that we chose. Uh, like I said, you can stand by the list because those are all great, great couples and right. worth discussion. But we're missing some. <laughs> yeah, I I did receive a uh, comment about one couple that was chosen, and that was uh, Orpheus and, and Eurydice. Yeah, uh, or as my <laughs> stay friend, away from the Greeks. My goodness. Yeah, or or as my friend called called him. Mr. Condemns His Wife to Hell Because He Can't Follow Rules. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there is uh, there is that. I, I hadn't thought of it with that twist. <laughs> Which, really, it's it's not condemning her. He just didn't save her. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Blue is chance. That is a fair fair point. And I, uh, I guess in the, in the corrections on this, I think... Instead of the River Styx, I made a reference oh, to the right. Rubicon, which you, is not. I did write that yeah. down. Is uh, another correction called the Rubicon, <laughs> and it's one of those that I thought about later too. Like, did I say Rubicon? And then I realized that I did. Which, it is not the Rubicon. The Rubicon is a a river that was the point of no return for Caesar's army when he was when they burned the bridge. Yeah, yeah overthrowing, uh, you know, which, a, a which system of government metaphorically <laughs> possibly still yeah. useful. <laughs> no, I, I was just wrong though. So just getting that one out of the way. I was gonna say. With your pick on uh, Orpheus, there is a fantastic film version of the Orpheus story um, from Brazil called Black Orpheus, and it's uh, pretty. It's pretty amazing. Okay. Um, yeah. So I will try and find that. 
Black Orpheus. It's as a super, super, super duper famous uh, soundtrack. Uh, it's Carnival, and um, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty great film. So I am open to all suggestions of media that we should yes and, yeah and discuss. So listeners, feel free to make those as well. <clears throat> Our listener, Josh, uh, said, I've been listening to your podcast this week and I'm loving them. You make great choices in your Valentine's draft, but where, oh, where was Alan Rickman's Colonel Brandon and all this? Kate Winslet's Marianne Dashboard is okay, but Rickman redeems the whole relationship. Uh, yeah, this is the version of the film uh, that had Emma Thompson in it and Kate Winslet. Emma Thompson, I know, wrote the screenplay. I want to say it was directed by Angley, but we will have to double check that uh, in the notes. So there may be a correction there. Uh, and it is a beautiful version of Sense and Sensibility. I agree. It's a fine uh, choice, listener yeah. Josh. Way to and, go. And uh, Colonel Brandon is a great character in that. And Alan Rickman does a wonderful job with that role. <laughs> he's not just Snape, everyone. No, he's not just Snape. So, it, yeah, it's like it's Snape in this completely different role, and it, it, he does it just so well. It's, it's really, really great. That's a fine okay. pick. Uh, listener Nicole uh, said that she never tells we were wrong in our picks, but if she were participating in the draft and the ones we had drafted were already taken, because she would have had some of those, um, some of the other ones that she would have Considered were Richard and Elise in Somewhere in Time. Uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, all of them. That's a fantastic pick. <laughs> I love, 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 love that pick. Uh, uh, Cyrano with the Roxanne specifically. Another oh, fine. that's a good yep. one. Starman and Jenny from a Starman. Haven't uh, seen it. 1984. I, I want to say it's the comic book series. The early Starman comic book series. I'm not. I'm uh, not familiar with that reference, and that's the thing, people, listeners. You're welcome to make references <laughs> that we are unfamiliar with. <laughs> uh, uh, Fermina and Florentino in Love in the Time of Cholera. Chuck and Sarah from Chuck, which Andrew had mentioned on that episode, and I love the TV show Chuck, so I fully support that choice. And I'm not and a Wallace, huge fan. So what was that? There, I'm not a huge fan of Chuck. So there you go. <laughs> oh, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> do dare? I do dare, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Uh, well, Simpson and for the eighth, uh, I know there were not Nazi allegations, but giving up a throne for her, come on. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she also made a recommendation that perhaps in a future draft, maybe next Valentine's Day, we could do something about those anti-Valentine toxic couple <laughs> relationships like Arthur and Guinevere, uh, Martha and George and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, uh, or the ultimate toxic couple, Catherine and Heathcliff. Nice. Good work. Uh, John. Listener John says, I guess I'm uncultured because I only remember well about half of the ones you list. One that I would have put in there, though later in the list, would be Aang and Katara from The Last Airbender, which is a really, really, really good pick. I like that a lot. Um, may the movie never be spoken of forevermore. I but, was always a Zutara fan. A Zutara fan? Yeah, Zuko Katara. No. I was, I was always on that ship. Guys, really? I can tell you, I have only seen the movie. I have never seen an episode of the TV uh, series. Well, that's shameful. So my only familiarity we'll re- with the series We'll remedy is that. We'll remedy that coming up Shyamalan soon. Shyamalan film. Uh, the Shyamalan film, I saw it on an, on an airplane uh, flying to Spain in like a total... Um, it was one of those where you're like watching and then you blink and then, and then it's like 45 minutes have passed and then you blink again and then like another 20 minutes have passed. <laughs> Uh, I can't really claim to have seen it, but it was pretty bad. Um, yeah, going for like Zuko and Katara, that would be like, um, that's sort of like my thing with, uh, Harry and Hermione. Like I always just, uh, hoped, wished that that had worked (laughs) out, but. (laughs) Doomed Um, shipping. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, the series had the ba- that series had the best character development of any cartoon I have ever watched. Continues, listener John. Uh, and the long development of their romance over the whole series was great, and I could not agree more. That's a f- that's a fantastic pick and a great series, and one which we will visit in this podcast hopefully sooner than later. Because man, and I will become familiar with the series that has been recommended to me by many students and yes. many other people that I've. Heard. I'll, I'll lend you any or all of the DVDs necessary. Ooh, okay. It's good. It's life changing. It's life changing. Is that one on Netflix? No, uh, but well, I have all the DVDs. Well, I borrow you. I borrow yeah, it, it's not up there right now. And uh, and listener Klimpaloon, Klimpaloon, uh says, here are some couples that you missed. Leia and Han in The Empire Strikes Back. And that actually was uh, going to make it onto my list, and then it didn't. And I don't know how they I know got I missed. thought of that at some point when I was brainstorming. I think I was in the how... shower when it happened. I was like, oh, Leia and Han, I'm going to write that down as soon as I get out of the shower. But uh, that didn't happen. Uh, Penny and Billy in Dr. Horrible Singalong blog. I wish that one had been on my list. I never thought of it, and I should have. I haven't seen great. that. I haven't so seen tragic. It. Oh, you will have to see it. We'll have to talk about Billy for an episode. Mary and John in Sherlock. Now, this is an interesting pick, uh, Klimpaloon. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't love, know if I can get behind I that. I love John Watson. Um, and I, don't know, I have to go back and watch that third season again to really, to really uh, dig into that. I want us to talk about Sherlock, but I... I, I want to How talk about to, the how Sherlock do we do Holmes, it? but which there's so many versions. Yeah, I don't know. We might that's just a have tough to one. do a fifth week flex episode where we just talk about Sherlock. We'll do like a sh- we out. could do a Sherlock uh, draft or something. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got Helen and Bob in The Incredibles, and this is I don't know. This would have been I think this would have been up there with the um, with the up pick. This is a I, in my mind. This is a fantastic, fantastic. Pick. It is such a good portrayal of marriage. It's so good. So good. Uh, brings a tear to my eye every time. When she's so mad at him, and he's like, you're mad at me, but I'm just so happy to see you. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so good. We've got Danielle and Henry in Ever After. Ever After is a really good film that I haven't seen for a long time, but um, but would like to watch again. Yeah, I've only seen it once, and it was quite a while ago. Yeah, it's good. It's it's really good. Um, Baker's Wife and the Baker in Into the Woods, and I am not very familiar with Into the Woods at all. I think you're more familiar with that story than I am. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you in the play Into the Woods in high school? We did not do Into the Woods. What did we do? We had... You were in Hamlet. I was in Hamlet. We did a Kiss Me Kate. We did a Vita. You did... It had to have been Kiss Me Kate. Yeah, Kiss Me Kate's probably one you to go. Okay, yeah. And Sorry. there's another chapter of my life being revealed. <laughs> you weren't in the Scarlet Pimpernel, but uh, your high school did that one. Yeah. Yeah. But not the one that's on Broadway. It was a different musical version of it. And Klimpaloon's last pick is Lucy and Desi, and I Love Lucy, another fine, fine pick. Yeah. I had one uh, one piece of feedback. I'm not going to call it a listener, because it might have just been someone I was talking to about it. Uh, it was Green Arrow and Black Canary. Hmm. Which, from the TV series, I assume from the comics, really, because the TV series oh, is the TV a little series. dicey on that one. Talk about toxic couples, <laughs> <laughs> like anybody that he's interested in. <laughs> yes, at any point, it's just I assume it will go terribly. He he, he does not do relationship very well. No, in the, in the no, show, he doesn't. But he's... Joseph, what do you think about them from the comics? I have never read those comics. I so. mean, I. I'm more familiar with them as kind of like the, they get discussed as a couple in like Justice League more mm-hmm. than I've read issues that are specifically dealing with their relationship. So I don't have enough. 
grounding in the Green Arrow series of Black Canary appearances in... I'm sure she's had her own miniseries. So I, I just don't have enough familiarity with the specific stories where they are a couple. I just know right. them as one of those comic book couples. One of the uh, DC short films is actually kind of nice. Not really about them as a couple, um, but it is featuring them, and he he's going to pick her up at the airport, <laughs> which is kind of a I statement about where their couple well, no, I just situation love, is. One of my favorite things with superhero stories is when they show them doing like everyday things. Like, yeah. um, Man of Steel was a mess of a film, but I love the moment when Lex Luthor comes out and he's just brushing his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a little no, cup. Not Man of Steel. Oh, not Man of Steel. Sorry. Uh, Superman Returns. That's what I'm talking about. Superman Returns. Oh, uh, right. Lex Luthor walks out and it's Kevin Spacey. And I, I really enjoyed his performance as Lex Luthor in that. Um, but my, one of my favorite moments is he's just brushing his teeth because of, even though he's a supervillain, <laughs> he's got to brush his teeth every day. <laughs> You think that he would have come up with like some kind of death ray or something to <laughs> kill all the just bacteria. kill all the bacteria in his teeth forever? But no, yeah. he's got a, you know, even Superman he puts his tights on one leg at a time, <laughs> <laughs> and his little underwear on the outside, <laughs> one hole at a time in his in his underwear that goes over the top of his tights and his cape. He's just a regular a guy, just like it. you, just like you and I, <laughs> you and me. Alrighty. Is that uh, good on uh, our eighth episode? All right, I had one comment that I really wanted to make when we were talking about it, and I didn't. And it's re- about Rapunzel's eyes. I am just mesmerized by her eyes through that whole entire film. I know my my dad was always annoyed with her eyes. He just felt like Disney had gone too big with the eyes and their animation with that no, one. That was like I the, love, love, love her eyes. It was going past the, you know, the the mark where it became distracting for him. No, I once I read an them. article about um, it was dealing with Tangled and Frozen, and they were drawing attention to sexual dimorphism in the size of the female lead's eyes, specifically in proportion to their wrists. And said, look at the guy's wrist compared to his eyes. That's not crazy. (laughs) It's like, the girl's eye is bigger than her wrist. Look! And they, like, superimposed. (laughs) I've never noticed that Uh, particular... They were were really digging into it. I just really like her eyes. (laughs) Well, and she's just full, like, filled with this kind of sense of wonder at being out of the tower and she has these great big eyes and I, I liked it so maybe I'm a horrible yeah. person but I really like Rapunzel's eyes and I wanted to say that so I did um, our listener Kate did give another bit of feedback on that one where uh, she said that she never noticed the um, subversion that's going on with the frying pan becoming the main weapon that's being used yes she just, she just like that identification nice I had uh, a note from listener Megan that uh, it's terrible how long it took to get Eugene Fitzherbert's name out. <laughs> and she was ashamed of all of us. That we, we couldn't quite remember that one. Yeah. That we couldn't remember Fitzherbert. <laughs> I yeah. just love that my kids call him Lou Jean. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that uh, that other listener was, was calling us out for not mentioning it because uh, listener Kate said she... She loved hearing us uh, quote and also try to quote throughout the episode. <laughs> so uh, I had posted the day that we that we talked about Rapunzel um, on Facebook, just asking, or the day, day that we recorded our Rapunzel episode, asking on Facebook um, for people's favorite lines uh, or moments from uh, the film. Uh, and uh, listener Anne said, oh, no, 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 this is bad. This is very bad. They just can't get my nose right. That was her favorite line. Listener Jacob says, uh, frying pans, huh? Who knew? 
So Brian fans were kind of the big winners coming out of the uh, yeah. our Tangled episode. Maybe that should have been the character. Yeah. <laughs> With a frying pan. <laughs> all right. Well, any other feedback that we have, Todd? No, I just want to say thank you to all of our awesome listeners for listening to our podcast and um, giving us great feedback. And we really, uh, we love it. It's called feedback. It kind of feeds us. I feel like I feed off of feedback. I like yeah, it. It's really great when we get those comments. And again, uh, any uh, iTunes scores will help us to get more listeners. And we're we're looking forward to bringing in some uh, some additional guest uh, hosts that will add some more insights uh, into into our discussions. So hopefully this will will keep growing for us. I guess we'll, uh, one last question I have for you, Todd. Before yeah. we, do you have uh, in I guess going up through the the tangled episode? We're, this won't be released for a little while. There'll still be a couple episodes, but right. we're only talking about up through the tangled episode. Do you have any f- favorite moments uh, from our discussions or things that made you go <laughs> huh, as we were talking? Um, you have caught me unprepared. <laughs> uh, well, wait. Andrew told us what to do now. We pause for a moment. We gather our thoughts, <laughs> and then we come back in. There's no way that's going to get edited out. I just want you to know <laughs> that bit's staying in. This bit now, where you're gathering your thoughts, is going to get cut. This is a really good question. Why don't you go first? If you're asking me the question, it's because you have to have thought about this. I think my. Uh, I'll tell you one of my favorite. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, you go okay. first, and I'll tell you. Um, one of my favorite moments was at the very beginning of the Valentine's Day draft when you pulled out the couple from Up. I like almost fell out of my chair. It was such a great, 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 great call. Um, and that whole episode was just a riot. Like I thought it was so fun to record that. And um, and uh, so anyway, that I would say that moment, but that whole episode in general, I really, really enjoyed. And the Tangled episode, I thought was so fun when we're like. Um, sort of half seriously but maybe more more than half seriously like really wondering how long her hair is or what the what the population what the population of her kingdom we found out yes uh what the population of of her kingdom might be that's my my favorite one is from the tangled episode i don't want you to steal my thunder (laughs) it's my favorite tangent that we've explored in our conversations which neither of us are coming it's when we wondered about the legal system And we yeah. did. The head guard and the king and the queen have kind of stopped caring. And <laughs> this guard just has had a feud with uh, Flynn Rider <laughs> the entire time and is purposely drawing his nose wrong. And that's why it's an immediate death penalty when they catch him. Yes, absolutely. Uh, this mythical Javert figure <laughs> that is in charge of security <laughs> for the island nation is, I think that's my favorite tangent. Yeah, it was a pretty great moment. I just have, I, um, more than any, like, one specific moment, I have really, really enjoyed, this is my hippie moment, I have really, really enjoyed recording these last, what, 10, 10, 10, 11 episodes that we've recorded together, and I just can't wait for the future, so. Yep. All right, well, uh, as we've said before, and we will continue to say, there is an opportunity to support us if you enjoy listening to these, uh, and as we've revealed in this episode, you know, there are some costs associated with doing these podcasts, and you could help us out. Um, more than us making a profit would probably just be helping us out with hosting and with the, the equipment that's necessary. There's a link on our website, protagonistpodcast.com, where you can become a supporter through Patreon. And we would really appreciate it if you would do that. And we'd also just appreciate it if you would help spread the word about uh, the Protagonist Podcast to all your friends. And any method that you do that, conversation or social media, we, we'd appreciate the help. Yep. And if you have any feedback about this or any other episodes, then... Uh, send us an email at feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or find us on Twitter. 
He's at Jay Dorowski. I'm at Todd K. Mack. And our uh, producer, Andrew, is at Andrew underscore Dorowski. Um, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we are the Protagonist Podcast Group. And uh, you can make comments directly on our website. There's lots of ways to get hold of us and let us know what you think about the show. And we love, 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 love feedback. So send us more of it. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. And next week we'll be back to talk about another great character and another great story. So long. Adios. Just uh, a little side bit of business. We discovered shortly after we started posting or, or dropping, is that what we do with podcasts? Dropping these. Uh, and, and we had labeled it as the protagonist uh, in iTunes. A second podcast began under the name The Protagonist. And we don't know what to do about it. <laughs> we are the protagonist podcast. Oh, we're the protagonist podcast. They are the protagonist. Theirs is a discussion about business CEOs and entrepreneurs and ours is a discussion about protagonists <laughs> um, so you should be able to distinguish them very quickly uh but if you come aware of that or if, you, if you're spreading the word about our podcast you might want to just say look up the protagonist podcast and not just the protagonist <laughs>